Hello, my friends, my brothers, my sisters, my possums. Welcome to the Passel. We are Offensive Points, and today we have a great show for you. We uh, Billy's going to rant about a quarterback that he can't stand people talking about. I'm going to dive into what my Chicago Bears are going to do with Billy's input on it. And we're going to kind of try to predict where these uh, free agents are going to land based on some odds brought to you by DraftKings. We also have our buys and sells in Dynasty. So Billy and I picked three buys and three sells, and we're just going to walk our way through them and see what's best. Now, guys, have a very special announcement today. Um, well, actually, it was February 13th. We welcome the newest member to the PASL, Mr. Osborne Hall is the son of Josh Hall, and that is why Josh Hall is not joining us today. So, guys, uh, shoot him a message. Round of applause. Josh had a baby. Woo! Good job growing the passel one person at a time. Billy, what is up? We need a sounder, Joe. Here's the thing. Whenever there's, like, a, a applause needed, like whenever we have a guest, whenever there's a baby, you know, baby born, who knows when that's going to happen again. Uh, we need some kind of clapping or audience applause because I don't feel like we we are doing a good enough job, just the two of us. So I'll just be yeah. honest with you. Yeah, we we try to make the noises. See, what I want is you know the orchestra starting to play. So when Josh goes on his long rants, we can just play the orchestra sound over him. I yeah, think that'd okay. be really awesome. So you know, that's another see, button I, that I want. I like that a whole lot. And shout out to Kristen Hall because she is now having to take care of two children. Instead of just her regular one, which is Josh. So shout out to Kristen. We are hoping for the best for you because that's going to be a busy household for sure. Absolutely. Josh, love you, buddy. We'll see you next week. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe for sure. Um, all right, Joe. Well, we have taken this is an extended absence that we've taken. We took a week off out there, everyone. Uh, we missed a week. We needed a little bit of a battery recharge. Uh, me and Joe actually went to the St. Louis soccer game last night, which was a lot of fun. Uh, we didn't sit together, but we enjoyed the game together and got to talk at the game, so that was fun. Um, got the dub. We love that. And, yeah, no, we, we like all kinds of football, Joe, right? Yeah, every type, European, American, Australian, you know, Martian, whatever it is, we like football. Yeah, plus the XFL is right around the corner. And believe me, we will be covering it not as much as you would think. But we were going to be, you know, <laughs> anytime they win, we're going to be talking about it. Or if there's a player. By the way, this, I cannot believe we're leading the episode off with this. But I saw uh, Matt Corral got signed to the Birmingham Stallions. And it just <laughs> brings me back to the draft two years ago when we were trying to, like, figure out, is Matt Corral, he's injured during the draft process. Is he going to be the next quarterback? And yada, yada, yada. And then he's out of the league, Joe, within two years. That is yeah. just the way of the road, I guess. No, it's nice. I had him on my practice or uh, my taxi squad for a couple years in a super flex. So hopefully, you know, he can revive his career and come back. But we got A.J. McCarron back this year for the Battle Hawks. I've got season tickets. I'm going to try to buy myself an A.J. McCarron jersey. I love that joke. Call is the law. All right, let's get to actual football news. Um, I'm gonna start off the episode because I have been doing I have been doing battle on Twitter all week, Joe, and I can just tell you this is going to be one of my major crusades throughout this entire draft process. Can we calm the hell down on JJ McCarthy? 
look, everyone out there, if you follow college football, if you only tuned in for the playoffs, you saw Michigan won, you saw J.J. McCarthy win, you know that he's only lost a couple of games in his Michigan Wolverine career. He looks fantastic at times. But, Joe, you're telling me that a guy that completed 10 passes in the national title game is now going to be a top 10 draft pick in the NFL I'm sorry. I don't understand it at all. I get it from an age standpoint. I get it from like he is tall. He's 6'3". I get it that he is athletic. That is a very cool uh, thing to have, a tool in the belt, if you will. The thing is, Joe, he's not great at anything. Like he's good at all of those things. He's not great. And how many times do we have to sit and watch these quarterbacks that are not very good, like not very great, but good, go high in the draft and then end up busting out. And then everybody's wondering, like, why the hell did that happen? I don't know how many times we have to go through it. And I had a guy arguing with me on Twitter say, well, Trey Lance went this high. Like, Mac Jones went this high. I'm like, yeah, you're bringing up and Zach Wilson. And I'm like, yeah, you're bringing up guys that didn't work out and that we should have learned from and that GMs are not going to get fired for. The thing is, is if you pick a quarterback that high in the draft, especially top 10, you're needing them to play very, very soon. There's very rare chances where Mahomes, who went number 10, sits for an entire season. You don't get that a whole lot. And J.J. McCarthy is going to have to sit for a while and learn the game from a quarterback because he's going to have to reinvent himself completely because there is no – pro system that's set up to be a run and defensive system other than San Francisco. And he's not going to go take over rock Purdy. Definitely not in the first round. So Joe, what am I missing? Like what you've studied him a little bit, I'm sure so far, but like, how is he a top 10 quarterback? The resume of the national champion goes a long way and these we've seen it man we've saw it with kenny pickett we've seen you know the malik willis hype i you were there for that we saw mitch trubisky vault up and go ahead of deshaun watson and patrick mahomes we see this crap all the time and i mean jj mccarthy he's great in the pocket we saw we've seen games where he's thrown the ball and, and won shootouts we've seen him throw three interception games it doesn't seem like he has a whole lot of touch on his throws he kind of just slings it at people. So there is definitely tools there to where J.J. McCarthy could develop into a great quarterback. I mean, what I see when I watch him play is like a Jay Cutler, right? Or less refined Jay Cutler, if that's even a thing. But yeah. yeah, you're right. He definitely has to sit behind somebody. Or if we throw him out there, there's going to be growing pains for a while, at least. Uh, I don't think he's just going to come in and start. And if you draft him that high, you're right. That's That's what you need to do. You know, there's an argument to be made that everyone in this class should actually sit for a year, but we all know that's not going to happen. You Um, could argue it, but you don't want to get fired because of this. Like, you just don't. You don't want to be the GM. I'm looking at you, Falcons, because this would be a great, a not great start to your next regime would be taking J.J. McCarthy at like the eighth pick or whatever they're at right now. But I just – I don't understand, and I get it that, like, the last quarterback that was like this, Stetson Bennett, he was old, and we knew he wasn't going to be anything. He gave us, you know, basically a, doc, a doctoral degree in college because he was there so long. <laughs> I get it. We weren't going to take him high. He ended up going, I think, in the third round, which was ridiculous anyway. He, I mean, he's not even in the league right now. But 
I just don't understand how I'm going to sit here and have to watch and listen to this draft mumbo jumbo of JJ McCarthy going in the top 10 when I think every sane human could admit there's no reason for him to be going that high. Like, why do we have to sit here and Will Levis ourselves? Will Levis, up until the day before the draft, was projected as the number two quarterback, according to Vegas. They stole so much money from everyone, people betting him to go that high. He didn't go into the second round. And I feel like this is another situation like that. I cannot wait until they put out the like how, like the over-under of where he's going to get picked because I'm taking the under or the over because there's no shot he's going top 10. Like, there's just no way. I don't, I don't believe it. No, you're right. I, I don't know. I like McCarthy better than Will Levis. I will go on record saying that. The only question is why didn't we see him throw the ball more? Um, but we all know that this is the time of year where everyone overhypes everybody. Crazy things happen. You know, we just got to buckle up and ride it out until April. That's kind of what we have to do. I guess that's what it is. I just, I'm, I'm tired of having these fights and it's mostly for Michigan fans. And I understand they've got a large fan base, but if your system was a run first system, but neither of the running backs on your team are going to be drafted before the third round, it's looking like. Why would your quarterback that they didn't base the offense around be the the highlight thing that needs to go in the first? Whatever. I need to get off this. We've spent way too much time on this. Um, just know that this this is my one big rant of J.J. McCarthy, but I will have plenty more to say down the line that you know will be a little bit shorter. All right. Let's move on to what the Bears are doing. Joe, so we are just under 10 days before the combine. It looks like... Things are going to get figured out with Justin Fields before the draft. Um, there is obviously the chance that he comes back to the Bears. We did see him unfollow them on Instagram, which led to a hilarious uh, comment today from him saying um, that you, you know, sometimes you unfollow the girl, but she's still messing with her a little bit, which was just funny because that means, you know, he's still messing with the Bears, just doesn't want to follow them so that everybody can see. Um, Joe, what are your Bears going to do here? Are they going to take Caleb Williams? Are they going to take Justin Fields? Are they going to keep both? Are they going to sell the pick? What is your dream scenario of how this shakes out? My dream scenario is keeping Fields and drafting Caleb Williams. That would be my dream scenario there. What I don't know, man. I'm a huge Fields believer. I will go on record. Everyone has heard me be a huge Fields believer. Wherever he goes next year, I will be a fan of that team. I do think he's going to get traded. We have to get something for him because if we don't, it'll be completely muddled. But Ryan Poles did not draft him. This was a Ryan Pace pick. Ryan Poles has completely reset this team, filled the roster with young talent. We have a ton of cap space. We saw Eddie Jackson just get catapulted. We saw Cody Whitehair just get catapulted. I don't think – I love what he did last year with the trade to get DJ Moore. Um, you know, obviously the Panthers took Bryce Young and – We'll see about that. But that was not the time to strike at quarterback unless they got CJ Stroud. But that's that's another conversation. But, you know, I don't think you can you can piss away the number one overall pick two years in a row. So I, I say we go Caleb Williams. I'm all in for it. Let's see what happens. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think you got to sell them and you've got to sell them to a team that, you know, you can get something for and let's be real and we're going to get into this a little bit more in our next segment but 
the Falcons kind of seem like they have the what you're wanting from them. Now, what all do you get from them? It's got to be this year's pick, which is like seven or eight. It's got to be next year's pick. And then you either got to get another pick, maybe a second rounder or something, or get a player from the team. It's got to be something from that defense, I would assume. Um, but th- I think that's probably the way you go. And then you just get Caleb Williams, and then you draft again at number seven, and you'd be happy yeah. with it. I'm interested to see what Poles does because he's done some pretty unique things so far. I've seen uh, reports where they think Fields is going to go for a second and a fourth. That seems to be the the going rate for – Justin Fields, I'm just saying if I am New England or I am Pittsburgh or I am uh, – obviously the the Raiders are not going to do it because Getsy just went there. But, um, you know, if I'm one of these teams that really needs a quarterback, I would be strongly considering floating that that one or even next year's one to land Justin Fields. So if the Bears could recoup that, that would be awesome. I just think they have to shoot their shot. I'm not saying that Caleb Williams is Patrick Mahomes. That would be a ridiculous comparison to make fantasy football industry – a ridiculous comparison to make. It's not even in the league yet, fantasy football industry, but he has the tools to develop possibly into that type of player, and I think you have to take your shot on that. Yeah, I think I agree with you there. I think getting a second and a fourth would be just just not good. I don't, I don't love that at all. Caleb did sit behind Spencer Rattler for half of a season, at least at Oklahoma. I think there is a you know a chance he could do something like that. Um, Baker Mayfield got, you know, taken first overall of the Browns, sat behind Tyrod Taylor. It's not unprecedented for the number one pick to not go out there and play right away. I think it would get a lot of ire from Bears fans. But at the same time, you know, let's work smarter, not harder. And, you know, that I think that's making – fields get the most value possible from a trade. I don't, I don't know. I just, if they get a second and a fourth, I would be like, you could have probably held him, probably could have waited a little longer and then gotten something after whatever team struck out on a quarterback. I don't know. There's just not enough quarterbacks to go around to think that somebody wouldn't pay up a little bit more than a second and a fourth. That'd just be ridiculous to me. No, for sure. And I mean, it's kind of a weird position as a Bears fan because I can't really remember, you know, maybe right after the the Cutler trade, but I don't remember the team or the the city being behind a quarterback with the way they are with Justin Fields. So I'm not sure even if we drafted Caleb, you know, I think we could probably get through a season with Fields before the city would demand that we trade them because the city loves Justin Fields. Um, And with that point being said, you brought up Spencer Rattler. I was going to ask you, are you prepared for the Spencer Rattler conversation since you're tired of the J.J. McCarthy conversation because – that Spencer Rattler conversation is heating up quite a bit. As long as it's a realistic conversation, I'm fine to have it. A lot of people were saying that, you know, he's going to come in and be a starter right away. And I'm like, no, he's definitely not. Now, do I think if you put him behind somebody and let him develop for a couple of years, like somebody who's on the way out, like Kirk Cousins or something like that, or, or Matt Stafford, somebody with an age like that, that's probably going to be gone in a couple of years. Sure, do something like that. But it's the people that are coming in and saying he's going to be a starter right away, like Will Levis like was kind of halfway through the season. That's where I'm like, oh, okay, well, here you don't really want this to work out then, right? Because that's just not going to work. But I'm here to have the conversation. I just don't I think, think he's that, ready. No, I agree with you. I think the Jets need to be jumping hand over fist to try to get Rattler 
sure. on their team. Let him play under or stand to Rogers for a year. Hopefully Rogers Achilles heals up and he's fine. And then give him the reins, give him the keys. Yeah. After no, that, that, gone, that's a perfect person to put behind Rogers because a, he's already got kind of like, you know, his own little mojo and ego. So like, you know, he's not going to be completely like washed out. Like Zach Wilson was, you know, midway through the season. So I, I don't know. I think that'd be fine. Why not? Let's do that. I just wanted to see if you were prepared for that conversation because I've been hearing it. I'm and, prepared you know, as long as it's realistic. And we're starting. I've to talk heard a lot of people round, say squash that too. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people. Oh, he's going to go in the first. He's going to sneak into the first. I, and I and I've also yeah because I I think a lot of people are saying like oh he could have like a Jordan Love rise and I'm like no he no stop. Um, but yeah, I saw a lot of people saying he was like the winner of the Senior Bowl and I'm just like winner of the Senior Bowl are you serious? Uh, whatever. I'm convinced, um, man, because, I mean, we partied pretty hard that first year that I went down to Mobile. Yeah. I don't know how you've been since, but I think there's something in the water down there where people just party a little too hard, especially about this these quarterbacks. Because This no year idea. was weird, Joe. So, like, uh, you know the bar that's down there. I don't want to say yeah. it, the name of it, but, like, uh, it was, like, dead in there from about 11 to 12, and we were just about to head out, and we were, like, kind of done. And then at about 1230, a just gigantic rush of people came in. Like they were thinking about closing down for the night because they were like, it's kind of not busy in here. And then like just a huge influx of people came in at 1230 and just filled the bar completely up. I'm like, where were you, where were you all at this whole time? <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, there could definitely be something in the water because I had never seen that before. Yeah, that's uh, pretty interesting. Weird. Yeah. Okay, let's go on to our last talking point before before we get into buys and sells, and that's some of these Vegas odds for the next destination. So DraftKings put a next team uh, bet on each one of kind of the bigger name players. I left out a couple that we've kind of already talked about, but I thought a few of these were interesting, and I think we should just quickly talk about them. So since we're already talking about Justin Fields, um, just uh, Justin Fields, according to DraftKings, is favored by minus one thirty to go to the Atlanta Falcons, with Chicago being a plus t- uh, two to one, basically Steelers being a three to one, and Broncos being ten to one as the four destinations. Joe, of those four, who would you want them trading with? Well, Bears obviously couldn't trade with that would be staying, but of the three other <laughs> ones, which one would you have them staying? I, I really I want to see the Falcons or the Steelers. I think those would both be perfect places with well, I mean the Steelers, you have a mature coaching staff that could actually help Justin Fields a lot. Um when if he were to go to Atlanta with Zach Robinson and Drake London and Kyle Pitts and Bijan Robinson and, and that line's pretty solid, that would be a phenomenal landing spot for him too. But if you give him Deontay Johnson and George Pickens, the thing is Justin Fields can throw the ball and I'm really pissed that we never saw him without Luke Getze because I think that offense really hurt Justin Fields and the way he was trying to run it. But if you get him in Pittsburgh, get him in Atlanta where he, uh, you know, is playing in a quicker tempo offense, he's going to hold on to the ball too long. He's going to get sacked, but what he's going to do in the meantime is going to be awesome. So I don't know. I'm kind of leaning Pittsburgh. I want to see him over on Pittsburgh. Okay. Um, I can definitely see Pittsburgh as well. Um, I, I think it's going to be the Falcons just because of what they can offer. I think that's a much better, more enticing offer. But if you're saying second and fourth, the Steelers would be stupid not to just give that up really quick and get him. I mean, 
that 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 would be foolish of them. So yeah, I mean, even seeing see him go um, on the Commanders, I mean, he's got an arm, and if you give him Dotson and McLaurin, I think that could be a mean landing I, spot as well. But I, I hear you, Joe, and I think that you're kind of eyeballing that number two pick in the draft. With uh, mm-hmm. you know, you have your eyes on that. I think the Commanders are just going to take a quarterback at two, and yeah, just and they hope. absolutely should. I just when I'm looking at landing spots, I, those are the ones that are intriguing. That's fair. As long if as he goes the to the if he goes to the Raiders, man, I will drink a warm forty. I don't. <laughs> now I do like what the direction Antonio Pierce is going with that team, and I do think they believe in him. But I just you know you see too many times where a, somebody goes there and it doesn't work out. But it would be frustrating. I mean, it would be great yeah. for him with Devonte and Trey Tucker and Jacoby Myers. I think that would be a sweet setup there. But at Luke Getzey's the offensive coordinator. I don't think there's any way. For sure. I don't think there's um, any way right. he agrees to that. Not that he Let's would say, but move on to another quarterback that's potentially on the move, and that is Russell Wilson. So Russell Wilson's actually favored to go to the Steelers right now at minus two twenty. Uh Raiders five to one, Falcons six to one, and to stay with the Broncos is seven to one. Joe, I'm not gonna lie, staying with the Broncos is the best move for the Broncos. I understand it's not the best move for Russell Wilson, but that contract is massive, and I just can't even imagine them buying that out. That's going to ruin that team for three years with just the dead money alone. I seven to one just to stay with them, not so, so they don't take that cap hit. I, I just feel like that might be the option. But what do you think of these three teams and the Steelers kind of being a favorite right now? Yeah, I mean, again, I think the Steelers would be a great landing spot. They have all the infrastructure in place for a quarterback to come in and be successful. Uh, you you mentioned it a couple weeks ago, and of the names on this list, I think the one that actually makes the most sense is the Giants for Russell Wilson. You you said it. If you put money on it, you got plus thirty five hundred. Um, I did. Yeah, you did. That's awesome because you know Beyonce wants to go to the wants to go to New York or not Beyonce Sierra, Sierra. wants to Sierra. go to New. York. Um. Yeah, I think Russell would kill it in New York, and it would be a great insurance plan for Daniel Jones. I don't know how they would navigate that contract, but the rest of the team's pretty young. So, yeah, that the contract would be the obvious problem with this. But at the same time, it's just such a Giants move to bring him in there, and I don't know. I just think they 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 might do it. Um, okay, let's get through these other ones kind of quickly. I see that we have gone way longer than I wanted to, especially with the J.J. McCarthy discussion. Uh, Kirk Cousins, currently hurt, by the way, so this is kind of weird to see the teams that are listed here, but whatever. Uh, the Vikings are currently favorites to keep him uh, minus 200. Then you got the Falcons 3-1, to one, Patriots 8-1, to one, Steelers 10-1, to one, and then Raiders 49ers, which is just bizarre to me, but... Joe, of those teams, which one could you see happening? I mean, I think Minnesota would be stupid not to kick the tires to right. try to retain him because he looked really – he played his best football last year with the Vikings. And, uh, I mean, there are other teams on this list. I mean, Kirk Cousins would be really solid on all of these teams. I think they could all use him, but the Vikings make the most sense to me. Yeah, I agree with that. I do like them being cheeky and putting the 49ers in there at 18 to 1. I do think Shanahan bringing in Kirk Cousins for a Matt Stafford like ride to the top would be awesome <laughs> for that entire team. Um, but at the same time, like 
I just don't see them doing that at the same time. Vikings yeah. are, would be stupid not to continue it. No, I did um, say okay. like week eight after the Kirk Cousins injury that he was going to the Raiders. So, oh, well, I, I still I stand could, on that, but that could definitely happen. Um, don't hate it. 10 to 1. Not bad odds. No. All right. On to the running backs. We got two. One, first is Derrick Henry. All of these are plus odds. So you're going to get plus money on any of this. Derrick Henry is favored to go to the Baltimore Ravens right now, followed by the Dallas Cowboys 5 to 1, Eagles 8 to 1, Texans 8 to 1. And then there's a lot of teams that are 10 to 1 that I'm not positive that he would go actually there, especially the Chargers is on this list. Chargers aren't spending the amount of money that Derrick Henry needs uh, to bring him in. I'm sorry, that's not going to happen. But of those potential top four teams, which one would you like to see him on the most? Oh, Baltimore, hands down. And I think Baltimore is – Baltimore and Philadelphia are – they've never been scared of bringing in old veterans to yeah. come in and, and compete right away. And I think seeing him in Baltimore would just be terrifying. We saw how good Gus Edwards has been in the red zone. Derrick Henry is, you know, twice the size probably of Gus Edwards. That'd be terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, my personal pick would be the Eagles. I would love to see a LeGarrette Blunt-esque run from Derrick Henry and the one last ride to the Super Bowl. Um, plus, I just think, like, you need to take some, of, especially if Jason Kelsey's not coming back, you need to take some of the, the burden off of Jalen Hurts and bringing in a, a back like Derrick Henry whereas you could have the automatic tush push or tush push 2.0. I don't know how that's going to look or Derrick Henry, like one of those two, you're not, not getting that one yard touchdown. Like you can go for it every time on fourth down fourth and one fourth and two. Like, you know, you're going to get those two yards, whoever you decide to go with. So my point, my, that would be my choice, but I don't know. The Eagles are also a very interesting team in general. Yeah. No, I would like either of those landing spots. I mean, of everything else on this list, I don't know. I guess Houston would be kind of cool, but I think it's going to be Baltimore or Philly. I, I I have to agree. I just like how they put the Cowboys on there because, of course, the Cowboys are bringing some splashy running back. Um, all right, got two more players. We'll get through them kind of quick because they are favored to go back to where they came, they're coming from. Uh, Josh Jacobs uh, is favored to go back to the Raiders minus 200, but he's also – has the Chargers at seven to one, Texans eight to one, Baltimore nine to one. Um, of all of those teams, other than the Chargers, I would love to see him go to the Texans or the Ravens, but I think the Raiders will be kind of dumb not to bring him back. Yeah, no, the Raiders definitely need him. I mean, Zamir Y looked really good. They could easily he just, did look really good. Uh, so they could make the call to, to yeah, switch. They could just throw him off there. I mean, they got the Eagles down at plus two thousand. He would be very shifty. They probably wouldn't use him at all, but I could see that well, being made. Dangerous. Yeah, I think Houston's yeah. a spot because we were talking before the show. Houston needs a running back very badly. Well, and what I think is interesting, and I don't even see him listed on here, would be the Browns. Um, they don't want to bring mm -hmm. in Kareem Hunt. They kind of need a goal line back that they can trust, especially with Nick Chubb coming back from injury. That would be interesting for Josh Jacobs. I don't know if they want to spend that much money on the running back position, given they might draft one instead, but – that, that would definitely be something interesting to think about. Yeah, like how the, the Dolphins were on Derrick Henry, but they were not on Josh Jacobs' list. I mean, the Dolphins would make a ton of sense here, too, because Devin A. Yeah. cannot stand up to a full season. Raheem Mostert's fucking 60 years old. So, 
Yeah, he's gonna be thirty-two. There's no way. Yeah. I'm I'm thirty-two. There's no way I could do it. But I mean, that's for different reasons. All right, on to the Stefan Diggs sweepstakes. So the Buffalo Bills are minus three hundred, um, which is our biggest favorite we have so far. The Chiefs are ten to one. Texans ten to one. Patriots twelve to one. Yada yada. You got the Bears, Cowboys, Ravens. Who out of all of these dream teams would you like to see Stefan Diggs end up on? I mean, Diggs is going for the ring, so. Chiefs. It's the Chiefs. I've already it's bet the on this, by the way. I already bet on him to go to the Chiefs because why would he not? First of all, he hates the Bills. I don't know why they're the favorites. He yeah, clearly I, does not like to be there. I don't know. He's never said it out loud. And I get it that body language and like things during a game. Saw with the Kelsey scuffle with Andy Reid that like sometimes those things don't really matter what's going on on the sideline. But I'm sorry, man. He just looks unhappy being there all the time. And him losing. Not this this year, but the year before, man. He just looks done with Josh yeah. Allen. And why would he not want to go where he could get the biggest revenge? Go to the Chiefs, right. beat the Buffalo Bills on the Chiefs. I mean, given he probably won't make the money that he wants to, but just for the ring of it all, the Chiefs definitely would take him. Definitely would take him. Yeah, of this list, the Chiefs or the Cowboys make the most sense to me. I mean, he's not going to Carolina. He's not going to Atlanta. He's not going to Indy. I don't think he would go to New England. <laughs> There's no way that, he'd go to New that England. That would be <laughs> odd. They would have to be yeah. – they probably are only putting them on there because uh, the new coach, damn, is it Gerard Mayo, right? Yeah. He said he was, like, dropping the bag on free agency, and maybe that's why they're putting him on there because they're like, well, they're going to spill money. I mean, Diggs is right there. Um, I would love to see him on the Texans. Can you imagine – Diggs, Collins, Tank Dell, like that, that would just really be exciting. And he wouldn't have to be the carry the burden of that offense. He could, you know, they could spread it out quite a bit, which would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Just let us see him with Patrick Mahomes, guys. Come on, make it happen. I, I know we like I know they never want to bring anybody in. They don't want to draft anybody high, but like, man, that would be just so much fun. I just it would be frustrating if it didn't happen. And I would also make quite a bit of money, so I'm not, you know, wouldn't be mad about that either. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I get you. All right. Let's get on to the main topic of today. And we are doing 2024 buys and sells. Guys, this is a dynasty topic, not a redraft topic. So just making sure everybody knows out there, these are players that you will buy this offseason, either pre draft, pre free agency. We'll explain all that. Um, players you're going to buy and players that you're going to sell. So, Joe, without further ado, please kick us off with your first buy. Okay, my first buy, and I think this is really obvious. Um, I'm sure it'll pick up more steam, so this is a good time to do this. But it's Drake London. Um, Zach Robinson comes in. His coaching resume. <clears throat> let me get this out real quick. Oh, assistant QB coach. Assistant <laughs> wide receiver coach. Back to mm -hmm. assistant QB coach, then passing mm -hmm. game coordinator, then quarterbacks coach, all under Sean McVay, all since 2019, a.k.a. the Cooper Cup years and Puka last year. Now he's the offensive coordinator for the Falcons. Drake London was part of an offense that passed the 29th lowest clip in the league last year. So on top of that, Desmond Ritter had a QBR of 40.1. All of these things are going to change. In 2022, Marcus Mariota threw for two, 2,200 yards, and London was wide receiver 31. Last year, he was wide receiver 39. This year, he's top 20 for sure. Look, 
I think you're right. I think you're right completely. I think there's other players on this offense that you could also buy right now. Maybe not the running backs, but, you know, Kyle Pitts, possibly. Um, yeah, no, you are completely right. This is dead on. I would be totally inquiring right now about Drake London because I guarantee you whatever price you're about to pay for him now, you're definitely not going to get that in middle of the season. I think that, that price is going to come and go very quickly, and as the summer goes on, might start ratcheting up. So I would definitely float a trade out now just to kind of get a feeler of what the price tag already is. Now, the caveat to every Falcons player is that now that Arthur Smith's gone, maybe that manager is thinking, you know, now's my time. This is it. I've been waiting for this. So you might have to pay a little bit, a little bit more than you normally would. But at the same time, definitely ask. I, I think it's something, something that you could acquire quite easily. Yeah, I think November was the cheapest he's ever going to be. This is the second cheapest, and just try to float something out there in case someone's not paying attention. For sure. All right, my first buy, and we've I've heard a lot about him this week, so let's just go ahead and talk about him. That is Brandon Ayuk for the San Francisco 49ers. Look, guys, the thing is, he was well underused last season. The, this We have not seen the best of Brandon Ayuk, and last season was Brandon Ayuk's best season. There is a definite case to be made that he is going to end up at some point in his career a top seven or top six wide receiver in the NFL with Kyle Shanahan. I don't know why he was in the doghouse two years ago. I'm glad he got out of it. But this season, we finally got to see a little bit more of what he's capable of. And I think that he is going to hit into the stratosphere in this upcoming season. Um, Joe, look, the Debo Samuel thing is a lot of fun. I like that they're using Christian McCaffrey a lot, but Brandon Ayuk is the guy on this offense. He is the wide receiver one, and he is probably going to be a wide receiver one for the next couple of years as long as everybody stays intact there, coaching-wise. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, the way I see it, Ayuk is the number one on this team. I think George Kittle and McCaffrey are both getting up there in age. Um not hating on either of them. They're both great assets to have on your team. But once those guys are gone, Debo is not going to have that much space to be this yak monster that we're used to. So Ayuk is the number one. Ayuk is the traditional wide receiver. And man, when he put up points last year, he did it easily. I can't remember how many games, like the first quarter, he'd have about one catch for 13 yards. By the end of the game, he'd have six catches for 146 yards. He can add them up very quick. And Crazy talented. We love Ayuk ever since his days, you know, at Arizona State. No, it's definitely true. Um, yeah, he had about 600-yard games this season. He finished his wide receiver for, or 14, finished his wide receiver 15 last season. I, I'm just telling you all, when he's wide receiver 7 next season and he's not having these up-and-down games, you're going to be like, man, I should have bought in while I could. He's only 25. He's just about to – he's going to get a huge contract, whether it's with the 49ers or it's at, on another team. He's going to get a bag. And, yeah, no, this is this is definitely a direction that you should be headed. I really like that one. I'm about to float some trades out. Thanks, Joe. Who's your number yeah. two? My number two – we talked about him earlier. It's going to be Justin Fields. Uh, listen, guys, I love it when NFL teams are down on a player. I, don't, I wouldn't say anyone's really down on him. It's just the prospect of getting someone like Caleb Williams who could be even more. Because 
his value is very depressed right now. Um, and you can get it very cheap in fantasy. So Fields was sixth in points per game in 2022, 12th in 2023, and he's only 24 years old. And there was a 99% chance that wherever he plays in 2024, even if it's for the Bears, he's in a better position than he was last year. I've seen trades of him going for a late 24 second. I saw Joe Burrow for Fields and Puka and a super flex. I mean, I'm taking those shots all day on Justin Fields because we know he's going to run. He's always going to get you the floor with the running. And I still think he has a great opportunity to throw more and get better in that as or that aspect of his game, even when he gets better wide receivers. I like it. For sure. And whatever team he's going to go to, he's probably going to have better weapons, albeit not the Patriots or, you know, I don't I don't want to see him go there or the Raiders. That would be disastrous a little bit, even though they, they have a decent wide receiver core. Um, but, yeah, if, if wherever he goes, you're getting a golden ticket to a whole new land of opportunities. We haven't seen the best Justin Fields yet. We haven't. And it might not be next year, but after that, he could be hitting the ground running and we could just be looking back at this Bears experience as like, well, man, why didn't they use him like this? Which Joe's hoping doesn't happen, by the way, but it could very well happen. And, uh, yeah, we're going to be looking back and wondering why Justin Fields wasn't as good as he's going to be in the future. Definitely a buy right now because I would I would honestly get him before he gets traded because I think that's going to renew a lot of hope. So I would be floating him out right now and seeing what you can get because that, you know, the unknown is better to buy into when instead of him getting traded to the Falcons – getting traded to Pittsburgh. And then that new manager can just be like, well, I'll, yeah, I'll take this. So yeah, good pick. Thank you. All right. My next one is Christian Kirk from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Look, he got injured this season, guys. He did not play a full season, but if you rewind the clock back to 2023, he finishes wide receiver 11. The only reason I'm saying this is because I think we did this fun experiment with Calvin Ridley this season it did not go according to plan i don't think i don't think they wanted this to be the way that this offense looked i argued before the season that this could be one of the best offenses in the league that didn't shake out the way that i planned and i think at some point in time they've got to figure out what what just justin lawrence what trevor lawrence uh looks best in as far as wide or uh, offense wise and the best times he looks is when he's throwing to Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk had, you know, several multi-target games this season. He had one multi-catch game this season. I just feel like the most comfortable is when or Trevor Lawrence is throwing to Christian Kirk. I would be trading for him now because I guarantee whoever has him is thinking, wow, he's about to be 28. He got hurt. I'm sure, that, you know, I would be just talking and opening a dialogue with whoever has him because – and maybe willing to give him away for a lot cheaper than you possibly think. No, absolutely. I 100% agree with you. When Christian Kirk is on the field, like the games that he's on where he has good matchups, he's seeing 30% of the target share every single game. So he is Trevor Lawrence's uh, safety blanket, and he's going to continue to be for as long as that contract is. So, yeah, Christian Kirk's an awesome pick here, especially after the injury. He's definitely good for like one, at least one catch for – 30 yards in every game so you're at least starting out with that and then there's other games where he just gets peppered with targets and those are the games that he could eat so yeah no i like this offense a lot 
We definitely need to see a little bit more from Trevor Lawrence. I'm kind of tired oh, sure. of uh, he's got every excuse under the book. He's getting a little bit into the Baker Mayfield territory, Joe. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't want to be that guy that says that, but um, we're getting into Baker Mayfield territory a little bit where the excuses are starting to run a little dry um, yeah. for me. No, it's personally. pretty ridiculous. And it, Trevor Lawrence's value is very depressed right now. I mean, it's you're not getting much for him if you're trying to trade. So that might not be the worst if you're in a super flex trying to snag him off somebody because everyone's very down on him. But, I mean, the way I see it with Christian Kirk, they're not bringing Ridley back. If they do, I will be shocked. They're not burning a second-round pick and offering him a contract to come back. I mean, that's just way too much involved in a guy that, you know, had some monster games last year but kind of disappeared at time, sometimes too. So, no, I mm. think Christian Kirk's going to be the one. The only fear here is they do go with the Brian Thomas or – something where you know he kind of starts to eat in as well and you got ingram there but as of right now christian kirk is the one he's going to continue to be the one and he's going to take all those short passes away from evan ingram once he comes back in this offense so christian kirk is a great great piece to buy very true all right last buy joe all right my last one um I know I can say a couple of these names because josh isn't here but I'm gonna go with Michael Pittman uh as a buy low <laughs> I know he had his best season as a Colts, his best season in the league this year, but people are really flipping scared of Anthony Richardson, and people are really like, oh, man, I got to I gotta sell Michael Pittman because Anthony Richardson is going to be the quarterback. I mean, he had 28% target share when Anthony Richardson was the quarterback. The first game he played with Anthony Richardson, he had a 25-point performance. So that offense – you know, Sarkeesian, not Sarkeesian, Sykin has that offense going through Michael Pittman, and it is going to continue to go through Michael Pittman, whoever plays quarterback there. So I think you can play on that Anthony Richardson, you know, be like, ah, oh, man, I'll buy him, but I don't know if Anthony Richardson is going to be that good. So I'm not going to pay that price for him. See if you can negotiate the guy down, because if you can get him for the right price, you have a wide receiver one. I agree 1,000%. The, the thing is, is this is not the player on this offense that you need to be worried about. Um, I'm going to get to one in a second that you probably need to be worried about. But no, this is not the one that you need to be worried about on this offense. He looked fine with Anthony Richardson. And this is that was Anthony Richardson learning the NFL and adjusting to the next level. So if especially I think they might tag Michael Pittman. I think he's going to play on the franchise tag this season. Um Look, they're going to be trying to use and abuse him, not in a bad way. That kind of came out weird. But they're going to be trying to use him up as much as possible. And, yeah, he's going to be peppered with targets this next season. Anthony Richardson is going to lock in and use his best weapon, which is Michael Pittman. So, no, this is a buy. And let somebody else freak out about it because that's not, not something you need to be freaking out about. Yeah, I mean, I'm big on I, – I just get good players. I'm not worried about the – circumstances surrounding them necessarily i mean even drake london who had a horrible quarterback last year still put up decent points for you and the future is always brighter than the present so yeah no there's only there's only a few situations where you need to worry about the the quarterback throwing him the ball and it's like zach wilson because zach wilson's only going to complete 10 to 12 balls per game so the chances of your guy getting four or five of those is not likely. So that's the ones you need to worry about. Anthony Richardson, no, you don't don't worry about that. He's gonna have to throw more. That's the only way that it's gonna work with him. So um hopefully he got all this running most of the running out of his system 
that you know you can trust our arm a little bit more anthony make the game easier for yourself stop hurting yourself and throw the ball yeah no kidding all right last player i have is rasheed rice um i'm going to put a caveat with this one you need to make this trade after free agency and possibly after the draft because they're definitely going to either pick up a wide receiver in free agency or pick up a wide receiver in the draft and it's only going to be like well here we go again like they picked another guy like they they're going to add somebody new the offense is going to get muddled or they're you know they're going to bring in somebody goofy that we're not thinking about i've heard a lot of people joke that they're going to bring in darnell mooney just to add another bad receiver to their bunch which i thought was a little disrespectful but it is kind of yeah. funny um, Darnell is a good receiver he is and it would be a total chiefs move to bring in darnell mooney uh but the thing is rasheed rice is patrick mahomes favorite weapon and going forward especially in the regular season you're kind of seeing what they're doing with Kelsey. They're not really using him a whole bunch until we get to the playoffs. He's doing the LeBron thing where like the regular season, he might get five or six catches in the game, but probably not going to get eight or nine. And that is the Rasheed Rice role in the little slot. I loved everything about his game this entire season and wide receiver. I think he finished wide receiver 27. That that'll never happen again. That is, that is the lowest you're going to see that. I think, I think he's going to be one of those guys every year. Kind of like Keenan Allen, where you're just like, Keenan Allen's wide receiver five? How the hell did that happen? Like, I think it's going to be something like that, where you're you're not going to understand why he is so high, but he is that way every single year. And this is the cheapest you're going to get him because he is not going to get any cheaper than this. And it might be expensive now, but just let me, let me forewarn you, it's not going to be cheap again as long as Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback. No, I completely agree with you. I, Rasheed Rice is in a very interesting position here because I I made this argument a couple weeks ago. I don't think people realize how valuable he was to close out the season there. I don't think they realize what he did. I think they know yeah. he's good. I think they watch the media enough to where, you know, I, oh, yeah, Rasheed Rice is really good, but I don't think people understand. I mean, he had 10 targets, 9 targets, 10 targets, 12 targets from Patrick Mahomes. Those are Patrick Mahomes' targets, which are very, very valuable. So I don't think we've necessarily seen the best of Rasheed Rice. Obviously, something could come in and really knock us off our pedestal here. But, you know, as of right now, Rasheed Rice is the one for that team. And we saw the second half of the season, he really jumped off the page. So that should continue into next year. Yeah. After week 12, when he was like fully ingrained in the offense, getting the amount of targets that he was going to get every game for the rest of the season, the lowest one he had was six targets in their last last game he played in against Cincinnati. He went six for 127, Joe, or five for 127. Like he is just flat out good. And yeah, you need to pick him up while you can if you didn't get a chance to draft him because that he's going to be a, a cornerstone on a team from from here on out now the other thing playing in his favor is nothing he did was very flashy i mean he kind of you know we right. thought sky Moore was going to be the guy to break out and we thought you know he's going to run all those underneath routes and you know i mean we didn't see rasheed rice get a highlight contested catch or we didn't see him beat an entire defense and run 80 yards for a touchdown he just got his work pail out his lunch pail and just went to work and I mean, we saw what happened. So I love this. It one. does. It does a lot of good when Patrick Mahomes trusts you. Yes. It's probably one of the best things that can happen in fantasy football. It truly is. It truly sure. is. All right. Let's you get on to get into some ourselves. Cells? 
we'll be a little, we'll be a little negative for a second. Get into some cells, uh, Joe. Who's the first player that you are wanting to ship off and give us a, a decent price for it? Okay, um, James Cook. Shipping him right off. I absolutely love what we saw out of James Cook in the second half of 2023. Joe Brady came in, took the reins, and made damn sure that James Cook got the ball. He was really impressive. He had 1,000 yards, 44 receptions, playing 60% of the snaps. He finished his RB12 on the season. I love it, but he is not an RB1. He absolutely roasted Casey and Dallas at the end of the season, which was a little surprising. But then laid an egg the next three games. Seven of his 17 games were eight points or under in a PPR. That's 40% of his games under eight points. He finishes a top 10 back three times last year. His average finish was RB 22.8. I did the math. Not great. He was 18th in points per game. 23 running backs scored more than six touchdowns last year. And he only had two rushing touchdowns compared to Josh Allen's 15 and Latavius Murray's four. Josh Allen takes away way too much for him. If Damian Harris would not have had that really bad neck injury, we would probably have seen him take a big chunk of work. And I believe there are just a plethora of running backs, both free agents and rookies, that he's going to have competition next year. So I love moving off of James Cook. I just moved him for the 110 in a league, and I'm very happy about that. I would rather reload with Jonathan Brooks, you know, Jalen Wright in the right position. I would rather get one of those guys on my team than James Cook. No, I, I agree completely. And I think what a lot of people don't want to admit about this last season for James Cook was the stars just aligned a lot in these games. Like we had to sacrifice a good Stefan Diggs season so that James Cook could thrive. Now I'm not saying that they directly correlated, but I am saying that the stars had to completely match up to where Stefan Diggs was a complete afterthought in the offense. He looked no better than Gabe Davis. But at the same time, you have James Cook going off, having a career year. It, it's like the clock isn't going to line up that way again. And I think a lot of people don't want to admit that. But thing is, they're going to bring in somebody else. They're going to bring in a more reliable option. And James Cook's going to be relegated to pretty good but not overly you know yeah not overly just, unless unless something crazy happens i think this is the highest value he's ever gonna have this is the One, time the, there's no shot that he repeats this season i'm just i'll i will i'm not even gonna fireball back because i think we both take it but i will just widely say there's no way he's ever gonna repeat this season again just won't happen not on this team at least i guess i don't know i guess i'm leaving myself open to a lot of outs there but with the Bills, he will not repeat this exact same season. There's just no way. Don't don't believe it. Yeah. Let me hear yours, man. I'm excited to hear your arguments for these. Okay. Well, my first one now, while I think Michael Pittman is completely unfazed by Anthony Richardson coming back, the player I'm going to bring up is Jonathan Taylor. I think he is going to be completely affected when Anthony Richardson comes back. Anthony Richardson does like to use his legs quite a bit. And I don't think that we saw enough overlap of Jonathan Taylor and Anthony Richardson to fully get exactly how it's going to work. But I'm not going to lie. It didn't. Jonathan Taylor did not look great to start the season. And he only had one 100 yard game the entire season. And that one 100 yard game was in the last game of the season when Houston was not exactly trying that hard. So, while I'm just saying 
I don't think that Jonathan Taylor is going to be good again. I don't think he's going to be a complete bust, but for what you could trade him for, for somebody who just loves looking at names and having names on your team, their team, he is a good player to get out from. Now, given he has almost crested your under 25, he is 25 currently, so he hasn't quite gotten over the hill, according to you. But I, I think it's only downhill from here. Like, I, I just think the way this offense is going to work perfectly is where he is not used as much as he was the back half of the season. I just don't see it. I mean, he had 320 carry games this season. And when Anthony Richards comes, Richardson comes back, that's going to be even less. There's just no way. And I think that, if anything, they're going to get another back in there to split work, and it's going to be like a three-headed monster running. And that's just not going to fly. If you're a Jonathan Taylor manager, you got a lot of good value towards the end of the season, but I, I think it's over. I think the, I think it's over. I can see it. I can see it. I'm I'm a little bit higher on Jonathan Taylor. I just love him as a player. I think the Colts offense is really going to be pretty spectacular in the next couple of years. I think it's going to morph into something that we're not ready for. And I do think that they bring in a wide receiver this year. So, you know, that could take even more off of Jonathan Taylor's plate. Um, I really like it. If you can move him, I what I would say though is I would be open to moving him if he comes out because I do think after this injury, Anthony Richardson's gonna have to kind of restart his motor, you know. So I would give it four weeks into next season. They're gonna ride Jonathan Taylor to start, and then you trade him once Anthony Richardson starts taking off. I think that is a way to kind of maximize your value there. But I just think you could talk yourself into getting a top three draft pick if you really wanted to from Jonathan Taylor at the very least. I think you could probably get more than that, but I just think with the, you know, I don't even know if Anthony Richardson and Jonathan Taylor got to play in the same game. I think Anthony Richardson went down week five. I can't remember what Jonathan Taylor did, Um, but I, I like when he came back, but I, I just don't see it working out. I just don't, I don't know. I just don't think of when I think of Shane Steichen, I think when he's working best, it's an anonymous running back that's not working out very well. Now, I do think the Colts should have paid him, which they did, but I just I don't know. Don't don't like it. I would I would be getting rid of him if I'm Yeah, watch Boston Scott come in next year and take all the goal line work. It wouldn't shock me. Wouldn't <laughs> shock me one bit. No, I'm right, with you on that one. Up. I'm with you on that one. Uh, my next one, uh, I got two here. Let's go with JSN. Um, this has nothing to do with talent, but situation. Tyler Lockett is a Seahawk for two more years at least. He has a 19 mil dead cap hit in 24 and a 9 mil cap hit in 2025 if they cut him. Unless he retires or is traded, he's going to be a thorn in JSN's side. On top of that, Seattle really has no plan at quarterback after Geno Smith, who is also under contract until 2025. So JSN is not really a free agent until 2026, and they could easily pick up his option. He Listen, he could usurp Lockett this year or next, but he still has to contend with Metcalf on that offense, and they are average at best. Now, the one thing I will point out that I like for Seattle's offense this year is Ryan Grubb takes over as the OC, and Washington did pass at the ninth highest clip in college football last year, so there is hope. But if someone mm-hmm. is willing to pay up for the name JSN, I would absolutely consider moving him and seeing what what I could land with that fish, you know? 
Yeah, and um, kind of back to our conversation earlier a little bit, this would be a decent Spencer, Spencer Rattler spot. Um, I've seen a lot of people saying Michael Penix might end up here, which, I mean, I, that's just – that's too corny. Ryan Grubb's not going to be like – come in immediately and be like, yeah, go get me Michael Penix. I want my college quarterback. But I do think that he could come in there and be like, hey, can you get me a developmental guy like Spencer Rattler who can sit behind Geno Smith who has been hit or miss, and I think you could definitely see – a world in which Rattler could come in and be a good part of that offense. Um, but as far as JSN goes, you're completely right. I, I'm scared of this offense with Geno Smith. I know a lot of people like really love him. And I know if you're ranking quarterbacks, you could probably talk yourself into Geno Smith being a top 10 quarterback NFL wise, not fantasy wise, an NFL wise quarterback being top 10 um, because he limits mistakes and makes decent decisions. But yeah, there's just too many mouths to feed in this offense, and that's without them even bringing in a potential tight end that could disrupt even more. I, eventually, they're going to draft one, I would assume. Um, so, yeah, no, you're completely right. And Ryan Grubb did use the tight end quite a bit in college. He really liked to use him as a check down option. So I do think they would be investing in that. Or, I don't know. Ryan Grubb did make three wide receivers work at Washington. So that is kind of hard to say that, but you know, that's also trusting Geno Smith. So it's kind of, I can see what you're saying. I just, I don't know if I could be the one to pull the trigger on trading JSN. I just, I just think he's a name, man. And I think that, you know, yeah. I mean, I get it. Lockett's 31. He's probably on the downhill of his career. He could very well be traded. I don't know who would trade for a 31 white year old wide receiver with that contract, but you know, know. it could happen. I just, I don't see it really happening for JSN the next three years at least. And so if someone was sitting here offering me someone with more immediately immediate value, I would absolutely take it. Yeah. I, I think I agree with that. And honestly, like we, what we saw from JSN, we never really saw his target share get higher as the season went on or, you know, we never saw like a point where his snap percentage was just like, you know, consistent. So, yeah, there is a couple of things that would even make you worried about that. So, no, I think you're you're making the right call there. Thanks, man. OK, my next one. And this is a straight sucker play. So I'm hoping you're in a league with some suckers, but it would be Austin Eckler. Uh, look, he's going to be shipped out from the Chargers. He's going to end up on a new team. And I swear the day that they flash the, like, who's stopping this graphic? And it's Austin Eckler with whatever team he gets added to with all the faces of all the offensive weapons. Um, that's the day you're going to have to just see who wants them. You're gonna have to, you don't have to put them on the block. That looks kind of desperate sometimes. But just go to some of your people like, hey, he's with the Eagles now. Like, what do you think? Austin Eckler, he's going to be that guy. This is your time to get out from a dead asset. That's what it is. And I know that's kind of a sucker move to do, especially to people that aren't really paying attention and just see the name. But you could probably still get a pretty decent haul for Austin Eckler, even knowing what he did this season. So I don't know, Joe, maybe that makes me like a, a shady business dealer. But at the same time, I'm trying to win. So if you have Austin Eckler, just wait until he gets cut and then signed with the Buffalo Bills or whatever. And the sports center puts the who's stopping this graphic and boom, make money. Yeah. 
No, the beauty of fantasy football is that is their team. And if they're not paying any attention and they want to spend a bunch of money for Austin Eckler, hey, they're a grown ass man, grown ass woman, whoever it is, they can they can do that. And that's the beauty of fantasy football. So no, I don't think that's shady at all. I would absolutely be trying to move off of Eckler. I mean, I I don't know who would give you a massive package for him, but I'm sure someone will out there or at least get someone something. for sure will. Someone yeah, for sure. You can at least get someone, something very valuable in return. I think you could make an argument that somebody that is probably like in that eighth or ninth range could probably talk themselves into like maybe this is my missing piece. This is the RB that I need to put in there, especially like he's a good fill in for flex position or bye weeks. Um, and especially when he gets signed to whatever team he's going to, that first initial wave of like euphoria of like, oh my God, he's on he's on the Houston Texans. Like, this is insane. And like that initial, like, I don't know. I don't know what else to call like euphoria of that happening. Well, no, euphoria is the right word. will give you a reason to buy Austin Eckler, even though your brain is probably telling you, dude, what are you doing? No, (laughs) he's 31 years old. He's going to be going down here soon. Like, what are you doing? Don't buy this. But yeah. like you, this you, is like the meme of the head guy head. sweating over the two buttons, you know. It's like <laughs> yeah, exactly. blow up your whole team, get Austin Eckler. It's like oh, exactly. You're just like, oh, I don't want to do this, but I love it. I love it. Yeah, no, and and there's always a guy in every league that's like just looks at the name and doesn't think about it twice. So I don't know. That's my thought, Joe. All right, on to your last sell. All right, for this one, um, I am very thankful that Josh is hanging out with his kiddo tonight because I can say this, and I'm very happy to say this because this one's A.J. Brown, um, and this is on value alone. A.J. Brown has the ability to put up absolutely monster games. He scored more than 20 points in a PPR only nine times over his last 34 games, two seasons, and that's about 26% of the time. He has also scored under 12 points in the exact same clip. So basically 50% of the time, he's getting you 12 to 20 points. And and that's solid, but compared to a guy like Justin Jefferson, who scored over 20 points, 15 of his last 27 games, that was shortened due to injury. That's 56% of the time. So I think A.J. Brown is a great player, but he is being valued across the board as a top five dynasty wide receiver. And I just moved A.J. Brown in a late second in 24 or sorry, 25 for Nico Collins, David Montgomery, and a 107 in a super flex. Just for reference, Nico Collins averaged 0.4 more points per game than AJ Brown last year, and he's three years younger than him. So if someone's going to give you a ton of good stuff in return for AJ Brown, don't be stubborn and be like, oh, I got to have AJ Brown on my team. Sometimes moving the best player in the deal is the right decision to make. Okay. Um, First off, I, just based off the trade that you did make, and that I do think other people could make solid or other trades like that, especially like getting a Nico Collins who has top at least 24 upside every year. Like he might not replicate what he did this year, but he might actually be that guy every year. Um, and then getting David Montgomery, who you know is going to be in that Lions offense, which did not lose Ben Johnson. So, you know, that's going to be good. Um, for that kind of thing, and you get the 107, which, I mean, in this draft, the top 10 could all be very usable pieces. So that's actually pretty solid. The only argument against it, Joe, is that the 
just the set and forget of it all is just hard to argue about trying to move a piece like that. Now, I I will admit this wasn't the best season, but he still finished, you know, as a top five wide receiver in PPR. I do think that this is kind of his floor. And this was a bad season for the Eagles and he still finished that high and he still had very good amount of games. He barely comes off the field, got double digit targets in almost every game. I, I I get what you're saying. And I could see why you would do it because like, if you get a haul like that, if somebody is willing to do that for you, I think you can't say no, but at the same time, like, would I be seeking out that deal? I don't know. If somebody's willing to offer it to me, maybe, maybe I would do it. So yeah. I don't know. I, I kind of fully expected Josh to just appear out of nowhere, by the way, and just know exactly <laughs> what we've been talking about this whole time. Pop just in like, and maybe yell just, at me. Well, like behind you in your room or something, and yeah. he just crashes in through the wall and just, you know, <laughs> Kool-Aid Kool-Aid man's man's it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally think that was going to happen there when you started saying that, but. I get what you're saying. I don't think I have the stones to make that move. Yeah. I mean, uh, just to preface, I mean, this was a league where I had very little depth. I needed more depth pieces. My starting lineup was fire, but I needed more players. I could not. Last year, I had a couple injuries, and it just kind of tanked my whole season because I didn't have the depth to make it up. But, I mean, I don't know, man. If I just – with A.J. Brown – He's a very good player. I just don't have him in the same tier as the the top guys, the CD Lambs, the Justin Jeffersons. I don't have him in that tier. Uh, so I, I love AJ Brown. I wouldn't actively try to trade AJ Brown for anything, but if you get the right price, I would not be afraid to move him at all. I don't think like there's no way I'm trading Justin Jefferson. There's no way I'm trading CD Lamb. I would trade AJ Brown. Okay. That's fair. And I do think while you are saying that the chances of him finishing wide receiver 10 to 12 rather than wide receiver one are a lot higher. I do think there's a better chance of him finishing as a low wide receiver one high wide receiver two than there is him finishing as the number one wide receiver overall. So based on that alone, yeah, you're, I guess you're right, but man, so spicy, Joe, I'm (laughs) he did put some water in my mouth just to get that out. That was a very spicy take. Drink milk. Um, milk dilutes the taste buds or whatever the hell it's <laughs> No kidding. Um, all right. My cell is pretty right. It's pretty spicy too for some people. It's Mark Andrews from the Ravens. Look, there is a very good possibility once Kelsey finally decides to ride off into the sunset that Mark Andrews is the, or the tight end one in fantasy football for the next five years. And I look like a complete idiot at the same time, Joe, did you see the Ravens when Isaiah likely was out there versus when Mark Andrews was out there? It's kind of hard to put that back you know, that toothpaste back in the tube. Um, I saw what they both looked like and I think likely looked better right now. I don't want to say it too loud because you know, there's a, a raging mob probably forming about it, but look, I, I would, don't think, you know, they do have an out with Mark Andrews after this season. I don't know why the Ravens would do it because I think Mark Andrews means a lot to Baltimore and I think uh, Lamar likes him quite a bit. But at the same time, Joe, if we're taking emotions out of it, I think Isaiah Likely's better fit for the Ravens going forward than Mark Andrews. And I think if you put Mark Andrews on a different offense, it doesn't look as special as it has been for the Ravens for the last 
six years, or I think I think it's six years. Um, so I don't know, Joe. Maybe you can tell me I'm crazy, but it's just hard for me to believe that you couldn't sell Mark Andrews right now and get a boatload of stuff because he could be the wider, he could be the tight end one for the next five years. And if I was selling him right now, I would definitely be telling whoever I was selling him to look once Kelsey's gone, this is going to be your guy. He's going to have your back for the rest of the time. But in my heart of hearts, I don't know. I don't know. And he's all from Oklahoma. So this isn't even biased. Cause I, I love Mark Andrews, but at the same time, like I got to think with my head a little bit here. I don't know. So what, what do you think? Hmm. I'm thinking, I'm thinking about what you're saying here. And honestly, I mean, Likely did look awesome. I, I think we expected Munkin to come in and kind of get Andrews and Likely on the field at the same time. For whatever reason, that did not happen. <laughs> Still don't understand why that didn't happen. But you're right. Isaiah Likely, when you have guys like Likely and Zay Flowers on the field, it just the defense turns into water. And they just move all over the field. And it opens up so much more, which – you know, is something that should work out really great for Mark Andrews if you put them both on the field at the same time, Todd Munkin, God damn it. But, <laughs> I mean, Mark Andrews is 28-29 um, going into the season next year. Just coming off the injury, I don't have any problem with it. This was a huge year to shake – this was a huge year that shook up tight ends in general. I it mean, did. Laporta finishing at one overall, McBride coming in, Kincaid's coming in, and Hawkinson getting hurt. Kelsey having a down year, you're seeing a huge shift in tight ends right now, and it's kind of shaking up the value of it. So if you could get the right price to sell Mark Andrews, I would absolutely be for it. Tight ends are really hard to come by, though. So, you know, just like you said with AJ Brown, that set and forget thing, that's kind of where I'm at with tight ends. Who I want on my team is a guy that that's just – he's playing each week. I hate playing tight end roulette. I've tried that many years, and it's never worked out for me. So while you say that, Joe, I do think this year there's like eight to nine good tight ends. Like I'm just quickly going through them real quick. Uh, Evan Ingram, Isaiah Likely, if he was to get the starting job, Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, McBride, Laporta, Goddard, um, Komet. Komet, possibly Brock Bowers once he gets in there, Kyle Pitts. I mean, we're talking potentially 10 usable to Kincaid. I didn't even mention him. That's 11. You're talking about a lot of tight ends that I honestly think, and then that's not even talking about like the Green Bay guys, which we don't know what that is. Yeah, I was just like going to bring up Musgrave because I think um, Musgrave's yeah. going to be real solid. He, he could be good. I just think now is the time. If you're going to try to sell a tight end because of what the droughts looked like for so long, like in, in – you don't want to wait until everybody has water, you know, after a drought, Joe. You want to sell them while there's still people without the water. And so you sell Mark Andrews to one of those people who's probably been dying for the longest time, trying to die on the Noah Fant Hill or, you know, whoever else they've had on their team that that's just kind of not Albert O, like one of those guys that they just haven't hasn't worked out. If you sell something like Mark Andrews, you could probably still get quite a bit of money and end up with a tight end at some point that's still going to be quite a bit, you know, serviceable on your team anyway, you know? Like, I, yeah. I don't know. I just think this this is the time to sell because I think we're having, like, a tight end renaissance, and I don't want to be holding on to Mark Andrews when, you know, all of that hits. Yeah. No, I 
when you put it that way, you're absolutely right. I just think it, for me personally, this move would be better off if you were rebuilding for sure. I would absolutely ship him off if you were you know, knocking on the door of the playoffs and you just needed kind of like I said earlier, just needed depth to get your team through it. That would make a lot of sense. Or I just, if I was a contender and I was like, Hey, this team's going to the playoffs. I'm keeping Mark Andrews on it. Just letting it ride. Um, letting him ride into the sunset instead of Kelsey. So no, I like where your head's at. Absolutely. And you know, this is something that is definitely going to need to be talked about because there's probably 15 tight ends in the league right now that you're comfortable ish going into your season with next year so it's kind of wild and that's like not even mentioning unproven guys i mean we have like uh michael mayer who we yep. were still hoping for the best uh jatavian sanders who's probably going to get drafted in the first round of the draft um there's really a lot like you know used to be like playing musical chairs and you didn't want to end up with one of the bad tight ends the list of tight ends this year is kind of crazy and where like we didn't even mention like darren waller still like that's another yeah. guy that you could still plug and play at certain points. It's just, I don't know, this is a crazy moment right now where I think you could actually maximize the volume of the tight end as where it's not been that way for the longest time. But, yeah, no, I would I would think about it at least. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not going to argue with you there. I think it's a, it's a good train of thought and definitely a good thought exercise. For sure. All right, well, that wraps up all of our buys and sells. Um Joe, I'm actually glad that we did this because like, it actually gave me a lot to think about. I've been thinking about making some moves in Dynasty, and I was just kind of like looking through some of the people that you know I have, some people, some people that other people have that I've been thinking like, man, like what kind of prices can I get for them? Who could I trade? Kind of giving me something to think about a little bit, at least on you know one of each. Yeah, no, for sure. And you still have an offer for uh, Michael Carter sitting on Integrity. So you should you should take a look at that. I've seen your interest in him, Joe, and I just can't find a trade that I love to send back. I just did, didn't love the trade you sent, and I haven't found something I like on the way back. So we'll have to talk further about you know sending you Michael Carter because I know you want him so bad. Yeah, no, that's fair. I I'm glad we did this too. I mean, I've been I have rookie brain like crazy right now. That's literally all I have thought about recently. So getting back into it and actually getting into the nuts and bolts of the game is, is very fun to get back into. Yeah, for sure. Rookie right. brain's well, dangerous guys. Rookie brain is definitely dangerous and Joe will be infected with it in T minus eh, give you about two months, if even that. Um, so anyway, thanks for joining us today, guys. Next week, we're going to be talking about, the combine we're going to go into the combine with 10 questions that we want answered at the combine from some of these rookies that we have yet to see perform yet because they weren't at the senior bowl or we just have question marks in general just about height weight size speed um just different kinds of things that we've been thinking about so that'll be fun to talk about next week and we're also going to bring up something special that we've been working on behind the scenes um, don't want to mention it just yet because I don't want to oversell what we're going to do, but believe me, you're going to want to tune in next week and find out more about it. So with all that being said, Joe, get us out of here. Good night.